0: Swinging a fly ball to right field. This one is deep. And it's has Good evening, Tigers fans. We're here on Tiger Talk with Zach Swearad. Today we got a good edition of Tiger Talk. We're going to be talking about a few different things in baseball, a few different issues, uh, covering a lot of different stuff, talking about first steroids in baseball and Hall of Fame inductees and how that's affected, how it's changing in baseball, how we need to change. And we're also going to be talking about the new rule in baseball with home play, con- home play collisions, sorry about that, and then we're going to finish it off with some Tigers spring training storylines and also some predictions for who is going to win the awards at the end of the year. Obviously a big deal for the Tigers fans because we always have at least two candidates for those two final awards. So let's start off with talking about steroids and baseball. Obviously if you follow baseball at all or even follow sports at all, you have definitely heard of the steroid topic. And it's a pretty pretty big topic with a lot of the writers, journalists, and obviously baseball fans and baseball, because Hall of Fame, actually recently we just experienced some questions about the Hall of Fame. We had a few inductees, um, Frank Thomas and a few other guys that just went into the Hall of Fame. A lot of guys getting snubbed, and that's kind of what I'm going to focus on a little bit here at the top uh, of this segment, is just talking about why guys are not getting in, how we need to change, obviously in a day and age where a lot of different topics are coming up, where us as kind of sports viewers – We really need to change our views on the game and on different topics moving in and out of the game. So the first thing we're going to talk about here is obviously steroids. And you can't talk about steroids without mentioning Barry Bonds, pretty much our new recently-era home run king. And with a lot of other kings in sports, we're going to focus on Barry Bonds. So a lot of people don't feel like Barry Bonds is deserving of the Hall of Fame. And recently, I have actually changed my mind. I used to be more... I used to be more... (laughs) on the sort of classical, um, kind of the old-school baseball viewer's perspective and thinking that Bonds shouldn't be in, any of these steroid-era guys shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame just because it it definitely disrupts kind of that old-school mentality. If, if you take steroids, you're not in. And Bonds, the issue I have with Bonds is because if you look at his career, and I've got his stats right in front of me right now, his first, oh, what was it, his first six seasons in Pittsburgh if he kept up his career for the next 10 years with that, he would have obviously been a, a Hall of Fame candidate, definitely a Hall of Fame inductee. He put up minimum, his lowest home run totals was 16 home runs, but he was a consistent 30 base st- thirty minimum b- stolen bases a, a year. And obviously for a guy of what we know Barry Bonds is now, you wouldn't expect him to, to crank out 30, 30 stolen bases. And, I mean, one here he had 30, 52 stolen bases hand 33 home runs obviously those numbers are are crazy you look at some guys in the league now that I mean a guy like Trout or obviously Rios who's a central central guy a lot of the guys on the central know him but we all kind of faced him but those numbers are kind of outrageous they're gaudy and then you look obviously look at his numbers later on in his career when he was with the Giants and he put up numbers I mean I think he had 73 home runs in one season so If you just look at his numbers in Pittsburgh, obviously I think he should be a home run uh, Hall of Fame candidate. Sorry, but kind of. And the other issue I have with that, and a lot of people just kind of focus on the hitters and the people who took the steroids, and not so much the other guys, such as the pitchers who had to face these guys. And it's kind of a it's a two way street. So you have to look at it. Well, does everybody get in or does nobody get in? Because if some of these pitchers like. Chilling and Mussina, who haven't gotten into the Hall of Fame, I feel like they've really hurt from that. Just because you have guys like Pedro Martinez who have gotten in, and Randy Johnson who really took some of the, some of the heat. Well, not some of the heat, but they took some of the the stardom from those guys. And you look at like you look at Chilling and and Mussina, and you look at if there wasn't these guys um, with these the steroid taking the steroids like that, you you wonder how their numbers would be affected. And obviously, we know right now. I'd say probably seventy percent of the league takes some sort of steroids, some sort of drug, to kind of enhance their game. Obviously, you look at some of the pitchers' numbers; would definitely be a lot, a lot, very, very affected by that. I just feel like if you're going to put if you're going to put somebody in, you have to put everybody in. So my opinion, like I said, is has, has definitely changed, and I feel that everybody should get in, just because if you look at Barry Bonds' numbers in the first couple seasons of his career, they were outstanding, and he would have been a Hall of Famer no matter what. But if you look at some of the other pitchers like Mussina and Schilling, I think their numbers were affected by these Hall of Fame players using steroids. And I feel as we kind of usher in new eras of baseball, a lot of rules changing, which I'll touch on in a little bit. We definitely have to readjust our thinking of how we view the game. And I definitely feel like some of these guys should get in. Obviously, there's kind of a silver line. There's like kind of a, a gray area saying where you look at guys like Sosa and Maguire. The issue I have with Sosa McGuire Maguire are they're completely different players. Like, you look at Bonds, he's a great fielder. He's fast. He won, oh, my gosh, he won, like, eight gold gloves. He was a phenomenal player. He won, a, I think, like, eight, eight, or, eight or nine MVPs I'm looking at right now. Yeah, more like six MVPs. He's a phenomenal player. He should be in no matter what, one of the greatest hitters, one of the greatest players in our current era that we've seen. But he should get in. Guys like Bonds, guys like Sosa and Maguire, not really known for their fielding, just home run players. I don't think so. So that's kind of my take on it. And hopefully, I know a lot of you young listeners will probably agree to that just because we're kind of we have a new thinking. And I think we just have to get some of these old school, old school baseball writers and journalists kind of on our side. And then we will be in the right direction. So that's my take on that little opinionated take on that for you guys. But I think it is much it is very warranted talking about what we just had the Hall of Fame inductees moving in lately. But we will move on to the next topic I'm going to talk about. And that is a new rule in baseball and we have a couple new rules heading in baseball, and it is the rule by baseball to eliminate home plate collisions, and it's a very controversial topic, just not so much controversial, just because that's one of the most exciting things. It's almost like the new era in baseball, in football, where guys aren't allowed to target the head, and they're not allowed to. not even allowed to target the legs just because you got a lot of injuries. I think this year you see it a lot more ACL injuries in the league, and... Obviously, as a as a, a huge baseball fan like I am, I love going on YouTube, searching the greatest home plate collisions, seeing these these trucks like guys like Prince charging home plate, and then seeing obviously you look at some of the guys like unfortunately like Buster Posey who take who have injuries from that, and a lot of these owners and GMs like to protect their players, and under, understandably they wanna they wanna get not get them out of harm's way, so it's a it's an understandable rule, but it kind of it takes away some of the fun and from the viewer's perspective. Just because you want to see those big hits in football, we always want to see the safety come down and hit the hit the receiver not looking, which is not good for the player's sake, but for us fans, we obviously enjoy it. Um, so, looking at the home plate collisions, it's a brand new rule, and you have a lot of some of the GMs, like I said, who are who are trying to get away from that, and a lot of injuries have kind of have come from that. Some of these home plate collisions, um, and also another rule that's doing baseball is instant replay. And that is kind of a condition with this new rule that MLB has decided that they will make that an option for umpires to review the home plate collisions, as seeing as, as players are only allowed to slide at the side of the home plate. And I think that's interesting because it'll be a whole new, um, a whole new perspective, a whole new kind of way of, of of sliding into home. It's always a fun thing. You see some of those guys in um, in minor leagues doing the flips and everything over the catcher. And I definitely think that I think it takes some of the excitement out of the game for sure. And I unfortunately think that without it, you miss a, a whole new part, a whole other part of baseball that we used to have. And obviously, with these sports, they're they're always changing as we look for new technology. We see how guys are affected after the game. But with the new instant replay coming in the game, and I'll briefly talk about that. But I definitely think that. It'll be reviewable. I think you'll have a lot, it'll be a lot, well, not a lot less scoring, but you'll see a lot less exciting plays, a lot less guys trying to steal home. I think it will affect the game actually because you'll see a lot of third base coaches trying to stop their guys from going home just because you don't have that option. If you have a big, big tough guy, you look at like a guy like Puig or like Trout, these big, thick, thick, fast guys running to home. Obviously, it kind of takes away an element of their game that. They would excel at. Obviously, it's an an exciting thing going to home, trying to charge the catcher. It's a blast. Obviously, as fans, we love it. But that'll definitely take it out of the game, which is unfortunate, but maybe we'll see some of our guys last longer, like Posey. Obviously, the Giants don't want him going down. So we kind of touched on two topics so far. Obviously, the stance in in the steroid era in baseball and all these guys. I think we should adjust our views on letting guys into the Hall of Fame. And we also briefly touched about the home plate collisions. So another thing in baseball, we're looking at the instant replay I'll just touch on this briefly. Baseball has um, kind of put in an instant replay reform. Uh, and you look at some of the other sports like the NFL, the NBA, are are trying to usher in this. We have the technology now that we can use to, I don't know, if enhance the game but make it more accurate, and we're definitely utilizing that with baseball now. And baseball is obviously – obviously people say football is a game of inches, but baseball is really really a game of inches as well. With you look at some of the home run calls – just missing out by that that yellow yellow tape by a few inches, and obviously that was implemented last year. The past couple of years, trying to review home runs, and I think now they're going to try and review, um, like first base first base decisions if a guy's safe or if he's not safe. Obviously, now they're going to review, um, home plate collisions, and then if if like in the outfield, if you are diving for a ball, if you caught it or not, it bounced off the grass. But I think it it also has another element of the game we have to get used to, which is accuracy if we if there's kind of a us as fans we're well, again we're on both sides of the fence we want accuracy but when it's against us we don't uh, a lot of when you're watching the NBA or the NFL with a review you kind of wish it wasn't there in, in some aspects but definitely with this review in baseball be a lot more accurate you'll see a lot of those calls getting taken away where you just didn't have an option so as a fan you kind of feel if you're the fan that it happened against you're kind of feeling lost you're like well he didn't actually catch the ball or he was really safe at second base when he was stealing but because there's no review we can't really review that so unfortunately it'll be more accurate but on the other side of it yeah it'll it'll be more accurate um so now we're going to talk a little bit about the storylines for the tigers and a lot of storylines obviously missing out on another world series opportunity but you look at it tigers haven't had much success in that aspect the past couple seasons the two world series they were taken to under jim leland the former manager for the Tigers. And a few big storylines heading into this season for the Tigers, a few moves made in the offseason, a few questionable moves, obviously it was Prince, with Prince Fielder moving over to Texas. We have a few guys coming over like Kinsler, a few moves made in more of the pitching department with, uh, with Fister moving over to Washington. And you look at how some of these guys will step up, and I think one of the big, big disputes is looking at the Cy Young Award winner from last year. And obviously Max Scherzer, he's in a contract year this year, and a few questions, kind of talking to him about that is, um, is well, first of all, whether he'll stay in Detroit. A lot of people think he will. He he recently said something that he does want to stay in Detroit for the long term. But you look at a guy like Scherzer; he's he's a Cy Young winner, like we said. Last year, he had a great year, contract year, and Detroit is making every push possible to try and get money for him, incre- increasing season ticket prices. Uh, obviously, a lot of their offseason was targeted more towards that, and. I don't know. I feel if the guy, if he's, if I don't think he'll give Detroit any sort of a hometown discount, and he's a he's a great pitcher, but I think he's more in it for the money rather than the titles. Obviously, Detroit's successful. I really think that's all he cares about. But I'm not I'm not saying anything against against Scherzer or whatever. But I definitely think that he will be interested in signing with Detroit. I think it's kind of interesting how this year goes, uh, how far they'll go in the playoffs. Um, But yeah, the big big question is how will he resign with the Tigers? And will they have a contract discussion this year? How will that go? Kind of what the contract will be. But we'll definitely stay on top of that and keep you guys posted. Another kind of storyline with the rotation again is how will Porcello step up, moving up from the five spot to the four with Fister leaving, and who will fill that five spot? Obviously a few young guys. Maybe Drew Smiley will come in. But how is that loss? Fister was a great guy they acquired a few years ago from Seattle. Um, but how will how will that loss of Fister in the rotation kind of affect the Tigers? Because you look at it, pitching their top three performers in Sanchez, Verlander, and Scherzer are phenomenal. They're great, obviously one of the best rotations in baseball. But you look at it, who will compete with them? And how will Porcel? I think Porcell will step up just fine. Uh, with you have those that top that top three is just phenomenal. So you look at anything after that, obviously it's just going to be a compliment. Um, and then who'll be the closer? Obviously, the past couple of seasons the Tigers have definitely kind of suffered that that closer role with um, obviously Papa Grande Valverde who has not performed up to speed with what the Tigers were looking for but then you also have a few guys like last year like Veris, who were were a lot better than Valverde but they haven't found the answer and I think they definitely found that with with um, Joe Nathan but he's a little bit older like I talked about in my last segment he's a little bit older and they're not really sure how he'll perform obviously in 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 Texas, he, he pitched pretty well, but you look at Texas as one of the best offensive producing teams in the major leagues. Um, so we'll see how that how that shapes up. But I definitely think that with Nathan there in the closer role, and they have Chamberlain another um, another reliever addition, I think it'll be a lot better than last year. Um, and they could always make a move kind of mid, midway through the season if they wanted to re- acquire a new closer and another another role that you are looking at with the with the trade from Prince to Texas. Is how will Miguel Cabrera, how will his performance be at first base this year? Obviously, with Castellanos moving up to third, presumably, and with Prince gone, Miggy will definitely move over to first base. How will that affect? I think it's good. As I talked about in my last segment, I definitely think it is a a well-needed change for the big man. Obviously, he's not old. He's still in, he's still in his 20s, but... As he moves towards that second part of his career, I definitely think a first base will help prolong that. Uh, I definitely think it'll kind of enhance the defense of the Tigers, like I spoke about with Castellanos moving up. He's a young guy. He's a lot more agile. Cabrera's a good fielder over at third base, but he's not the same guy he was over in Miami. He's obviously a bit older. He's obviously a bit bigger. Um, I definitely think that move to first base will help the Tigers defensively as well as Kinsler at second. And obviously the fielding gem at shortstop, Iglesias. But and then another thing concerning Miggy and Verlander in the offseason, they both went under surgery. Uh, Verlander went under surgery for his uh, for his stomach actually for his abdominal muscles. He said kind of midway through the season he was experiencing some some discomfort, but he went on the rest of the season wasn't really sure what it is. But obviously he performed pretty well under the circumstances. And you look at now how will how he'll perform in spring training in next year with the surgery. Obviously, it's nothing like Tommy John surgery or anything with his arm, but it's definitely a surgery. Uh, Maybe he has to fix his rotation a bit, fix his his throwing motion. They kind of adjust for that. If you looked at if there was anything that his throwing motion could have thrown off his abdominal muscles at all. And then you look at Miguel Cabrera undergoing surgery. Just look how they'll perform, bounce back after those. I definitely think they're, they're MVP candidate players, obviously. So I think they'll definitely perform well. And then as I spoke about, how will Castellanos perform over at third base? I definitely think he is a, a rookie of the year candidate. That's a kind of a bold prediction. See, and he's not on any sort of sites or any anybody's radar for that. But I definitely think he, he's, he was the best prospect in the Tigers farm system, and I think he has a lot of potential. Obviously with pitchers trying to pitch around Cabrera, Avia, um, Martinez, Kinsler, Miggy. So it's a, you gotta pitch around those guys and Castellanos will fit right in there in the middle of the lineup. He'll definitely get some good good at bats. He'll definitely have a have a chance to perform. And I definitely think he'll be he'll be a contender for that for that rookie of the year award. And another question is who'll start in the outfield? Obviously you have you have Torrey Hunter and 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 Jackson who will definitely be Austin Jackson in center field. They have Hunter and right. But who will be the left fielder? I know they acquired Rajai Davis, and then they have Dirks over there in lap. But maybe Davis will step up. Davis will add some much-needed speed to the lineup. But Dirks has been kind of a, in a stronghold over there for the past year or two. And who's going to step up? That's probably the biggest question for the Tigers. Obviously, a lot of the Tigers are with some of their studs. So you look at guys like Cabrera and Verlander, you know they're going to perform. But who will step up? The past couple of seasons, you've seen one guy really have a, a breakout season. Like you look at Verlander. Two years ago, obviously Verlander's the top of the rotation guy, but you would have never had kind of expectations for an MVP caliber season for him. And then last year, obviously Scherzer, the second guy in the rotation, you would have never thought he would have had a Cy Young Young season last year. But who's going to step up this year? You know, is it going to be Cabrera again who will have another good season? I think obviously the loss of a of, of fielder will kind of affect his numbers a bit, having pitchers trying to pitch around. Obviously Cabrera to kind of avoid Prince. I definitely think that will impact everything. You look at Cabrera get, maybe getting a few more walks, um, which will kind of affect his numbers briefly, but I don't think anything significantly. And you look at some of the other players in the lineup um, – Definitely Kinsler. I think Kinsler's a much-needed factor in the Tigers' lineup. Obviously, he's not so much of a power hitter, but he's contact. And I think Iglesias is an interesting guy. Obviously, his offensive production is not up-to-par, but that's what that's what we're looking for here in Detroit. We're looking for a guy offensively who can step up, who can perform, get out of his comfort zone pretty much. He's a phenomenal defender, great fielder, one of the best in baseball. But you look at how will he perform offensively, maybe he'll step up, maybe he'll be kind of a middle of the rotation guy, middle of the lineup guy right now. Um yeah, so who'll step up? Other guys, you're looking at Jackson maybe, Hunter, obviously he's kind of older in age, and who'll perform? Obviously it's exciting to kind of look through spring training, who's kind of playing well and everything, but we'll see that. We'll definitely keep you up to date with that, and obviously as fans, you guys will look forward to that too, who's going to be the who's going be the big guy for this year for the Tigers. And do they finally have it? Does Detroit finally have enough for what they've been looking for, which is that World Series title? And twice it slipped by them, and I the past couple of postseasons, it slipped by them as well. Last year, losing to Boston, but do they finally have what it takes to get past that hump? And looking at some of the offseason additions, obviously New York is going to be improved. Boston will be good again. Tigers won't have much competition in the Central aside from Kansas City and maybe Cleveland, but and then you look at obviously the AL West with the Angels, the the Oakland A's, who have given the Tigers are actually giving them some issues, but maybe it'll it'll change this year. And you also have the Rangers, so obviously the Tigers are one of the top three teams, top four teams in the AL. And you look at how they will perform this year in the playoffs and kind of who will step up, who will be that X factor for the Tigers. And I definitely think the Tigers will have some success. So definitely keep some of those storylines in mind for this spring training as we look forward to a beautiful time down in Florida for the Tigers. And we are going to talk a little bit more about the award predictions for Major League Baseball, and we're going to talk about the three award winners, and starting off with MVP, and obviously for Detroit, you're always looking at Mickey in the MVP discussion, and I think it starts out with Miguel Cabrera at number one, obviously one of the best players in baseball at any position, but then I think you also have to talk about Mike Trout, who's been in the discussion for the past two years, obviously the rookie of the year, he's a absolutely phenomenal player as a former outfielder myself the guy is a absolute blast to watch he sells out he goes above the wall he's a great fielder great hitter it's uh, just an exciting guy to watch and I think the other guy is kind of a bold prediction I know a few places have talked about him in the possible MVP role but I think Robinson Cano and obviously he's in a new position in in Seattle but he left New York you look at now he's the main guy in 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 Seattle. Where in New York he kind of had the he was being overshadowed by Jeter, Granderson, Teixeira, A. So He had to kind of fight for his his at bats in a few different areas. But I think in Seattle he'll definitely be given that chance to be the number one guy. So I think his numbers will improve. You look at maybe his RBIs or some of his um some of his kind of no- offensive numbers with guys in scoring position and everything. You think that'll maybe drop with Seattle. Doesn't have that many run producers. I know <laughs> I actually heard something today that Jesus Montero for. Seattle, the former, the former New York catching prospect, actually came into came into spring training. I think is was like 60 pounds overweight. So I know Puig came into spring training a little bit overweight. But you look at some of these guys, it's crazy. So obviously Seattle's going to have, they have Montero. Um, I think they're looking at Cruz. They lost uh, Ibanez. So they don't have a bunch of offensive production. But I think definitely Cano will be in the discussion for MVP this year. So kind of a prediction almost, would you say? I think Cabrera kind of has the MVP again, unless you see something crazy from Trout, like he steps up in numbers. But moving down here, we look into the National League. Obviously the winner last year was McCutcheon. Um, you look at some of the other guys in the National League possibly possibly going for, you have another young guy, pretty much the same same type of player in Trout. You have Bryce, Bryce Harper with the Nationals. And then another contender last year was Yadier Molina. And I know those are sort of the three guys a lot of sites and a lot of people are talking about right now. But I think it's interesting how people have left Joey Votto off the list, the first baseman from, Ontario, from Canada. And he's a stud. He won, he won the National League MVP a few a few years ago. He's a, he's a great first baseman with Cincinnati. I don't know how good Cincinnati will be this year, but I think those guys will definitely be in the running for it. I don't think there's a really predominant favorite. I don't know if Molina will be – He's kind of had health issues the past couple seasons, but McCutcheon will definitely be the the um, the favorite for most of the year. I'm actually going to make a bold prediction here, and I'm going to say Bryce Harper has a breakout season this year, and he actually pulls away the MVP trophy from McCutcheon. I just don't think McCutcheon's numbers were that gaudy last year. I don't think they were that impressive, and I think he definitely has a shot. Obviously, some other guys, kind of dark horses. You look at Puig, um, if Kemp ever ever figures it out over there in LA, and then like Tulowitzki. Um, A lot of guys actually in the NL would be exciting to watch, but I definitely think Harper will have a good year this year. That's kind of interesting to make such a bold prediction, but it's fun. That's why we're here. And next we're going to talk about Cy Young. And fortunately for the Tigers, you have guys in both discussions for the MVP and the Cy Young. And I would say this year the favorite for me would definitely be Justin Verlander again. Uh, Scherzer could be in the discussion. Obviously in the contract year, he'll perform pretty well this year. Last year he wasn't even in the contract year and he he won the Cy Young. But a lot of sites have you Darvish as the favorite for the Cy Young Award. And we'll see how that kind of pans out later on in the year. But I think obviously Verlander has is the favorite for that for that role, definitely, just because he's done it before. And Darvish is kind of still young, still trying to figure it out. Uh, but it's definitely easy when you have that run production, that run support over there in Texas. And then the last guy is our central kind of rival, central division foe and Chris Sale, the lefty. That guy is so much fun to watch. So many of the guys in the central think he's so scary to play against. I know a lot of guys in the White Sox um, spring training system have actually said they don't want to face him in batting practice just because he throws upper 90s when he was a closer and a reliever for the White Sox. He throw upper to over even 100 lefty sidearm. I know Joe Maurer said in uh, a postgame interview one time that Chris Sale is the one guy in baseball he doesn't like to face. Honestly, as a hitter myself, I hated face- facing lefties even though I am supposed to like it. A 99-mile-per-hour fastball coming from a lefty just seems terrifying. And I know the guy's pretty lanky, but definitely think Sale will be in it this year. Obviously, the White Sox improving a bit. Um, I definitely think with the the offensive production the White Sox will have this year, maybe some more of the run support, I think Sale will be in it for sure. By the end of the year, I actually think Sale will be second and kind of moving up against Verlander for that Cy Young Award winner. I don't think Darvish will have that good of a season. But I think Sale definitely be in it, which will be exciting for the for the Tigers to kind of watch two Cy Young Award winners battle in the same division, which will be exciting for the whole year. And in the National League, obviously you have the Golden Standard in Kershaw, who's been absolutely phenomenal in the in L. A. Sorry, he's been he's been crazy. He's one of the best pitchers, and they say one of the actually I heard somebody say that the biggest rival for him is Madison Bumgarner in San Francisco. I don't know if Bumgarner is necessarily a Cy Young candidate. I don't know if he has that potential, but obviously with Kane over there and the lowly um oh, who's who throws – Lencsum, sorry. I was trying to think of him, but you have the lowly Lencsum who didn't pitch that well last year and obviously the year before he was in the bullpen, but I think Kershaw is obviously the favorite for the for the Cy Young award winner. I think Bumgarner he's he's younger. I think he'll he'll have some improvement. I don't know if enough improvement to be a Cy Young award winner but and then you look at some of the other guys that a lot of people are talking about this, the rookie of the year winner from last year in the NL Jose Fernandez with the Marlins the guy pitched absolutely crazy last year he went um let's see here he went 10 and 3 with a 1.5 ERA in his final 18 starts that is phenomenal given the Miami the Miami team a lot of people only remember them with Ozzy and some of the players that they have they brought in like handling handling Ramirez, they had, but they brought in Reyes, Burley, a few other guys, and they kind of shed ship. They kind of got rid of everybody, and they kind of got a new team there. Really, the only guys they have is Giancarlo Stanton and a few other few other players that nobody really knows. But they're a young team, and Fernandez going ten and three with a one point five ERA over those last eighteen starts is absolutely remarkable for a team like the Marlins. So I definitely think he'll be in the discussion this year. And obviously, with them bringing up a few more young prospects, they'll definitely be better. And then the last guy is the, is Garrett Cole with the Pirates. Obviously, kind of overstepping their boundaries in the National League Central, playing really well a playoff spot. Obviously, they didn't get they had, didn't have enough. to get in the second round, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, I was rooting for the Pirates. They're kind of a fun team to watch, an underdog. And Garrett Cole, the guy's a young guy. He's another kind of young guy. It's fun to watch them. But he had a great season last year. Um, let's look at his numbers here. He was 7-3 with a 2.31 ERA over his final 10 starts. So not as great as numbers as Fernandez, but another great pitcher. So another top of the rotation guy for Pittsburgh. Obviously, I think he's going to move more. He's going to have a lot more innings with the loss of A.J. Burnett. Burnett's now with the Phillies. And so I think definitely Cole will have more of an opportunity to step up, obviously, in more of that ace role with Pittsburgh. So maybe his numbers will improve. I definitely think Kershaw, though, is still the gold standard over there in the National League for the Cy Young Award winner. Okay, now, Rookie of the Year. And I think in the American League, I definitely think we have some of the more exciting um, Rookie of the Year candidates with, I'll just start. <laughs> so we have Jose Abreu with the White Sox, the first baseman, the Cuban defect, the 27-year-old. A lot of people have actually compared him as the Cuban Barry Bonds, quote-unquote. Yeah, so you heard it here first. He doesn't take steroids, we don't believe. So if he puts up numbers like that, like Barry Bonds, he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. We won't even have to discuss that. But, yeah, Jose Abreu will definitely be in the discussion. He'll probably hit three, four, five spot with the White Sox, so he'll get a lot of, a lot of at-bats, a lot of opportunity to perform. And he's 27. So he has some experience, and a lot of those Cuban players with Cespedes and Puig have definitely performed the the past couple of seasons that they've come up. So you look at how he'll, he performed, and he's 27, so he's a bit older, and he he actually outperformed Puig and Cespedes, um playing for Cuba in in kind of the the international the baseball baseball classic. Sorry about that. And you look at another guy in Xander Bogarts with the Red Sox. He played briefly last year, but he was rated as the third-best prospect in baseball in late June before he made his Major League debut, but he hit 296 in the postseason, and he's 21. So in the postseason, the guy's clutch, and he's a shortstop. He's, he's a great player. Um, he's 21 years old, and he was actually top-third-best prospect in baseball, and he hit two ninety six in the postseason. So the guy's has got he got ice running through his veins. So I definitely think he'd be in the definitely the top three in all-star voting, not in all-star voting, but Rookie of the Year candidacy. And then another guy people are looking at is T1 Walker with the Mariners. He's a pitcher. He's a 21-year-old pitcher, and he's pretty good. Uh, he's not bad. Um, kind of a young guy, not really known a lot about him, but he's one of the best prospects in the Mariners system. And he'll definitely be in the running for Rookie of the Year. But I think another guy, and in my opinion, I think Tanaka and Abreu will be at the top of the, the Rookie of the Year candidacy. Tanaka, obviously, with the New York Yankees. The 25-year-old Japanese pitcher is literally going to be at the top of that list. And you look at some of the success with Yu Darvish, he could even be in the discussion for Cy Young. I don't think he'll be anywhere close to, to being the winner, but I definitely think Tanaka will be in the discussion. Last year, listen to these stats. In the Japanese Pacific League, he went 24-0 and with a 1.27 ERA. I know it's in the Japanese Pacific League, but that is absolutely phenomenal, 24-0. So if you look at bringing over the Yankees with all their offseason additions in McCann and all oh, the center fielder from Boston, Ellsbury, and then you look at some of their other additions with getting Jeter in his last season, uh, Tashira said the Yankees are finally back. So I definitely think the Yankees will be improved. And with that additional run support, Tanaka is going to have a great year, bottom line whether whether it's a Cy Young, I definitely think it'll be in the discussion for American League rookie of the year uh, voting. And then you look at a few other guys in the National League. So obviously my prediction in the American League I'm going to actually slot Tanaka as the rookie of the year just because you look at I think New York's going to need another pitcher. They lost Hughes, Hughes wasn't that good last year, but they lost Hughes, CC's going to be improved with all that weighty loss, but I definitely think Tanaka will have a good a good season next year. They're ready over from Japan. And so I I, I put Tanaka as the rookie year with Abreu right behind him and Bogarts finishing very closely in third. I think it all kind of depends on how how those teams finish. If the White Sox are are competitive, if they're a contender for the playoffs, I think Abreu would actually be a big a big part of that. So you never know, he could be a, a rookie of the year candidate as well. And then we look at in the National League, you look at a few guys. One with the Cardinals. If a fun thing, if you ever want to go and look at some of the best best farm systems in baseball, the Cardinals are always at the top. Last year, it's actually kind of unfair when you look at some of the guys the Cardinals bring up. Pretty much, some of their pitchers that they keep bringing up, some of these guys, it is absolutely insane. But the outfielder for the Cardinals, Tavares, and with Tanaka obviously going to the Yankees, um, a few of the teams in the NL were looking at him. But I definitely think Tavares is the favorite for a rookie of the year in the NL, and I'm going to agree with them. I would definitely put him as number one, but he's phenomenal. Um, let's see here. In AAA, Tavares batted 310 and put up some great numbers over there. Um, he'll make his major league debut. Um, he actually made his major league, major league debut. Sorry about that. In the postseason last year with the Cardinals, which is good for him as well, because he got some of that postseason experience. He's obviously clutch like Bogarts and he's 21 year old. So he's really young. I definitely think Tavares will be the favorite. And then you look at another guy who'll compete with him with the Diamondbacks. It's also Archie Bradley who's a pitcher with the Diamondbacks. He's got a fastball in the upper 90s, and supposedly his curve is absolutely devastating, almost like playing with uh, Albuquerque in like, MLB 2K with the Tigers is filthy. But he posted a 1.97 ERA and 21 starts at A this past season. Um, he could actually pass Tyler Skaggs, who is just one year older um, in Arizona by, by midway through 2014. Um, so you look at Bradley's a lot farther away from baseball, but I think if he makes it into the into the major leagues, he'll definitely be a a, a rookie of the year candidate. Um, so it's pretty much just if he gets there, I think he'll be in the running. So to kind of break through with everything, I have Cy Young, I have MVP, MV, sorry, I have MVP winners, as Miguel Cabrera, and then I have in the NL, I have let's see here, in the NL. I have, yeah, McCutcheon and Harper finishing out really close, but I have Harper edging him just at the end. And then with a Cy Young, I have Verlander finishing first with Sale just behind him. And then in the NL, I have Kershaw with Fernandez and maybe Bumgarner kind of fitting all there in the top. And then Rookie of the Year, I have Jose Abreu and... Tanaka kind of finishing up at the top. And I actually went with Tanaka. It's kind of a bold prediction, but I definitely think Tanaka will have a good year this year as AL Rookie of the Year. And then Oscar Tavares with the Cardinals for Rookie of the Year. So if you guys kind of listen to what I said at the beginning of this segment, I definitely think we need to change in terms of the Hall of Fame with steroids in this in this society where we're always changing with a bunch of different storylines going on. I definitely think we need to change and be the forward movement and a new storyline, ushering in a new era in baseball, and I definitely also think with the new replays and the new home plate collisions, baseball is really trying to be an innovator in their sport and really trying to usher in a new era as well with all these different technology and really trying to protect their players like the excuse me like the NFL is trying to do. So we'll see a lot of storylines going into spring training. Obviously, the Tigers are going to be a contender. Uh, hopefully, if any of you guys can make the trip down there to Florida, it'll be fun. Good weather down there while we're experiencing this up here is brutal. Um, actually, I heard the polar frost is supposed to come in here next week. So. It'll be pretty rough. But hopefully, you guys have a good spring, spring break, good spring training. Looking at the Tigers. We'll touch base with you guys soon. This was Zach Swearhead on Tiger Talk here. And go, Tigers, folks. Have a good year. Baseball. Hank and Charlie slugging. Tiger baseball. Schoolboy did the chucking. Goose Goslin made opposing pitcher scream. Then Georgie Kelly came upon the scene. I'm talking baseball. Motor City team Well Hal and Dizzy Set them down